Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Brian Levy, a classically trained pastry chef who has worked at some of the best restaurants in the world, making desserts the traditional way with lots of white sugar. But Brian discovered another world of desserts, one that few bakers have explored, where there's no need for sugar at all, no cane sugar, no honey, no maple syrup, no sweetener at all, not even artificial sweeteners. His groundbreaking dessert recipes, which fill his amazing new book, which is called Good and Sweet, are sweetened entirely by fruit and other unexpectedly sweet whole food ingredients. Listen and learn his secrets to better baking. Brian Levy, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Thanks. It's good to be here. So I have to say, when I first heard about your book, before I actually saw it, I heard about your book, I read about it, and I was kind of incredulous. Um, And my first thought was, boy, this guy must like a challenge. (laughs) Because as someone who has done several recipes without any added sugar whatsoever, just using dates or date sugar or whole fruit um, in in some dessert recipes, I know how challenging that is because you basically have to throw away all the typical known ratios and known formulas, and you have to kind of start from scratch with this recipe. So I'm blown away by your book. And once I have had a chance to actually look at the recipes and make some of the recipes, um, I'm really astounded by how wonderful this book is and what you've actually accomplished here in terms of taking like really classic baked goods and desserts and turning them into and making them beautiful, beautifully and deliciously, but only using whole food ingredients to sweeten them. No maple syrup, no honey, no artificial sweeteners. It's kind of mind blowing, I have to say. And my first question leading up, all that leading up to my first question is what inspired you to take this on? Well, um, thanks for that introduction. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do obviously like a challenge and um, you said you were incredulous uh, in seeing these recipes, but what I was kind of incredulous about when I started uh, looking into, uh, looking into existing recipes in this like vein, I found it unbelievable that they didn't really already exist kind of just because I, I thought everything's, been done but um yeah i i was eating a really free sweet fruit one day and just it struck me that i should be able to make a dessert out of it without adding any extra sugar because it was as sweet as i would want any dessert to be um and i started testing things and the first thing i made was a mango custard um and yeah then when i started looking for existing recipes i just didn't find any um all the things you named like maple syrup and honey and agave nectar and uh reducing sugar those kinds of recipes are exist pretty um readily but um only using fruit and other more whole foods like uh flowers and nuts and um fermented ingredients uh i just didn't find recipes that uh 
that used those exclusively. Other so than a couple, a couple maybe like, you know, those like energy balls or whatever that use dates and nuts and puree them and form, make them into balls. But that wasn't what I was going for. I wanted right. real desserts. <laughs> right. Yeah. And these are all, these are in your book. It's real desserts. I mean, it's like cakes, pastries, pies, puddings, pancakes, all that kind of stuff. And it's, and it's incredible because you're only using whole fruit. So what, I mean, whole fruit and other naturally sweet ingredients, and some are kind of surprising. So what are you using? Um, so you, you mentioned um, you mentioned the mango pudding, which I love because I actually just recently, or mango custard, I recently did a mango pudding that literally is just mango and coconut milk and some some gelatin to bind it together. And, and it's remar- and some seasoning, like maybe some cardamom. I forgot what I put in there exactly. But it's so amazing how simple it can be when you really look at it. And it is sort of surprising that we've relied on sugar, white sugar for so long and also other sweeteners, other added sweeteners for so long that we're just sort of like channeled to think that way. And I think you're really opening up new channels and new ways of thinking about desserts and how to prepare them. So this is really groundbreaking work. And so touche kind of, Um, but so Tell us what are the, so mango dates you mentioned, what are some of the other foods that you use to sweeten your baked goods? So I, well, I guess we should clear up kind of what whole foods, whole food ingredients means. And I think of it as a, I've never found like a firm definition of what whole food means. And it's kind of hard to define simply what I'm doing what kinds of ingredients the it's kind of hard to categorize it because it's not you know it's not sugar-free it's not vegan or whatever things that are easy to classify but by the way i i I love defying classification i think we should all (laughs) aim for that some more (laughs) but so when i think of whole food like as a philosophy i think of it as the the goal is to use ingredients that are as close to their like whole you know, single ingredient form as possible. So, you know, some of the ingredients that I use either are dehydrated, have the water removed or are, but they're, but they're not, um, you know, well, I'm going to help you out here a little bit because I've thought about this a lot in, in my field as a dietitian, I do focus on whole foods in that way. And the way I define it is minimally processed. So sometimes okay. processed can be, you know, cutting something is processing it, certainly dehydrating something or freezing it. These are all technically processes, right? Processes that we, that make something processed in a way, but in a minimal way. So it's, it's not stripping out the integrity of the actual, it's not uber refined. It's not hyper processed. So I think there, maybe we can just settle on that between us now of maybe that's sort of what you're talking about is ingredients that may be minimally processed in that they're dehydrated or come from frozen or something, but that they essentially are the entire food that is then ground into, um, usable form or whatever it is. So you're using the food that is not stripped of its original nutrients, perhaps, except maybe water. 
Exactly. Okay. Yes. Well said. How's that? <laughs> Minimally good. processed, I think, is a really solid term, and I think people yeah. really understand. So most of the that. most of the processing of the ingredients that I use, and I'll say what those ingredients are. I know you've, you're waiting for me to say. <laughs> With bated um, breath, we are waiting. <laughs> the 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 processing that gets done to the ingredients that I use is mostly just taking some amount of water out of it. Um. So what I use, I use fresh fruit. I use dried fruit, like conventionally okay. dried fruit. I use freeze dried fruit. Yes. You no, I'm excited. So you said fresh fruit, dried fruit, but what fresh, what fresh fruits? I just want to dive into each one more, but I'll let you list. How about I'll let you continue listing all of them, but then I'd love to break that up even more. So fresh okay. fruit, I'll give dried fruit, dehydrated. <laughs> okay. So fresh fruit, dried fruit, freeze dried fruit. Um, flowers that have natural sweetness, like chestnut flour, sweet potato flour. Um, I use fruit, fruit juice very minimally that that's like a last resort. I consider like a total cheat. And, and I, I, yeah, I, it's really barely shows up in the book. Um, but there are some instances where it was helpful, like poaching, um, poaching pears, for instance, I just poached them in pear juice. Um, what else? Some fermented things like miso paste and sweet wines. And those sweet wines that I use aren't, there's no sugar added to them. They're just not fermented fully to ferment all of the sugars into alcohol. So they're just sweet wines. Um, what else? Uh, there are all kinds of things that you can find some hint, some like, uh, as kind of backup players to support the sweetness in like pecans and other nuts, but pecans in particular are pretty sweet. Um, dairy ingredients like, well, milk and cream and, um, and milk powder is actually a great ingredient for yeah, adding I, sweetness. And I think people don't realize how, when you cook milk, how the um, it turns into it actually breaks down the lactose a little bit and it becomes sweeter tasting. Yeah. Um, um, one of the things that I um, I have Harold McGee's uh, nosedive book, which is his, I think his latest book and it's all about aromas and he goes into all the aroma compounds that are in all these different things and many of them edible things. And one of the things he, mentions in the book is that the um, aroma compounds that appear in milk change when milk is heated. So when milk is heated and and water is taken out of it and all that, um, there are actually flavor compounds um, like vanillin, which is the main flavor component of vanilla, that actually only appears after milk is heated. So it's not in fresh milk. And I love, I love I love knowing that and kind of confirming the thought, the thought that I've always had of like the sterilized milk really tastes good. <laughs> like I, I love the, and, and milk and powdered milk. Like um, it has this sweet malty vanilla flavor that really just doesn't appear in fresh milk. So. So it confirmed your, your notion of that. So, but so milk ingredients and maybe also spices like vanilla um, and cinnamon, these kind of sweet spices, those are going to help enhance a sweetness, but that is not going to carry the sweetness of a dessert per se. So the, yeah. 
the things that are the ingredients that are carrying the sweetness are basically dried fruit, fresh fruit, um, and, and, and dehydrated fruit, which I want to talk more about. So let's break down each one of those like three fruits, especially since your one real good thing, which we're really focusing on is to let fruit do the work of sugar in desserts. So I'm going to say that again for everyone, let fruit do the work of sugar in desserts. We're going to talk about how, why, and, um, and how to make that happen. So, um, so let's talk about, let's go with each one. Like, so with fresh fruit, how do you incorporate fresh fruits and desserts? And what are some of the things you kind of can't do with fresh fruit? So I went and just actually think through my book, cause I have a chart, I have a chart of um, the fruit states and where, where fruits in that state, in each, in each state are best, um, are best applied in recipes. So you kind of think about the, the textures and sweetness level and, um, and hydration level of fruits in different states, and you can get a good idea of where they make sense in recipes. So fresh fruits, um, like let's take a pear, for instance, a ripe pear makes good whoops makes good sense in a uh custard um so high I, moisture uh, right higher moisture levels when you're thinking about custards or puddings and things like that right so i have a uh it's called a flan pâtissier it's a french custard uh tart and i use fresh pears as well as um golden raisins um in that custard and what else do well like i i love like um banana i think is used i personally use banana to sweeten things also again recipes that need some moisture so like a muffin or a quick bread i'm definitely not a pastry chef but i do like the quick easy sort of throw it to get throw a batter together and put it in a pan type of thing and i find that those can be fairly easy sweet, easily sweetened with banana or yeah. um yeah. but so but i do have a i i use bana- ripe bananas in banana bread uh pancakes um and then things like persimmons are a really great fruit um i have a panna cotta, which is like a gelatin custard. Um, uh, persimmons are just like a perfect texture for pureeing. Um, and I need to get on board with persimmons. I am just really not that well-versed in them. So now you're inspiring me. You're actually, I think in my last podcast that I did, we were, I was talking about persimmons with someone and I really need to get just more well-versed in persimmon. I need to give some persimmon love. So now you're inspiring me to do that. Persimmons are pretty amazing. I still have this kind of like majestic idea about them. And maybe, or, and maybe that's because I didn't even taste one until I was in my twenties, but they're just this, they look really cool. They're a beautiful color. They, it's nice to have a fall fruit. Um, and you can do all kinds of things like when you have a really ripe persimmon and you put it in the freezer 
let it freeze overnight and then just slice it it's you can scoop it out like sorbet it's like a just instant sorbet Um, and that's another one for sweetening for people at home like just making that sort of banana ice cream you can kind of which is basically just freezing bananas and then worrying it with a little bit of milk some kind of milk any kind you like in your uh, blender and it comes out thick and creamy and sweet, and you don't need sweetener. I think the same thing, you don't need any added sugars because mm-hmm. that banana is going to carry it. And this is not like the sophisticated baking that you're talking about that you do in your book, but this is something that people can do at home, I think, to really easily integrate this kind of thing. So I do that with yeah, banana, those... but now I'm going to do it with persimmon. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And those those uh, banana, I think they call them nice creams. The, yeah, the... I have mixed feelings about that particular name name for it but okay okay, fair enough (laughs) well in any case the the frozen bananas word into ice creams um i i kind of tried to elevate that in my book by adding some coconut cream and uh other things to it that give it more of a an ice cream even more of an ice cream texture uh And that reminds me that one of the things that one of the ingredients that's kind of um, a a magical discovery during this, the development of this book was all kinds of coconut ingredients, including coconut cream and coconut milk. Um, Coconut cream is the same as coconut milk. It just has less water added to it, but it's just the, the solids of coconut meat that are blended with water. And then, uh, they actually have a lot of natural sweetness. Um, so I actually use a coconut milk often in place of dairy milk, not because I'm necessarily trying to avoid dairy, but because it's actually sweeter. Mm, very interesting. That makes sense. Um, let's dive into dates for a second. So now segueing a little bit to dried fruit, I think dates and other dried fruit, but particularly dates are like a right-hand tool for making sweet foods for making desserts without added sugar. I mean, would you agree with that statement? I would. And so because of that, I tried to, I, I tried, I didn't want to rely on dates too much because I didn't want it to be just a date book. And so whenever I was approaching a recipe, I, I wanted to think of what flavors make sense in this particular recipe. So it wasn't just about making things sweet, but what is what is the flavor of dates or whatever fruit I was using make sense with? So well, well, that's an important point here because I think one thing about sugar, white sugar, is it's very neutral in flavor. Mm-hmm. So when you're starting to use other ingredients like fruit to whether it's dried or fresh to sweeten something, you have to think about the moisture level and see if that works, and you have to think about the flavor and see if that works with the vibe you're going for. So that's a really important point. So. Dates are really great for many things, but they do have a specific flavor. So you need to take that into account. Yeah. Um, so let's, what have you used dates for? Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I have the book open right now to this. I love this one because it's so easy and I'm a little bit lazy when it comes to making dessert. I, I confess. Um, I want it to be super easy, but this one has five ingredients and you've granted permission for me to post it um, on the web page for the web for this podcast. So thank you. So you can access this um, on my website uh, on this podcast page, but it's the no bake sesame peanut chews. It's five ingredients. 
They look so beautiful and they are sweetened just with uh, medjool dates, which are among the sweetest of the date varieties. And they're easy yeah. to get in this. They're easy to find in the store. They're easy to find. And uh, yeah, they're also among the softest and freshest. So they're, the, they're, they're one of the easiest to puree. Um, but yeah, those chews, I, I really love. And those are one of the earlier recipes I developed. They remind me of those, you know, in the, in convenience stores in New York, they have those sesame bars at the register, but they're totally full of sugar and who knows what kind of like glucose syrup or whatever, but, um, and they can get all caught in your teeth, but this is a, this is a better version of that in my yeah. opinion. So um, I want to talk more about using dates and how you do that. And then I also want to talk about date sugar, which is an ingredient that you incorporate, which is a little bit more processed, right? It's dates that are basically dried and then ground up into a fine powder. So it almost acts more like a sugar ingredient, but not quite. Almost. Almost. <laughs> big, big, um, bold letter almost there. So we'll, I want to talk about that, but let's just I want to back up for one second for the why here, like why even do this, right? So yeah. I, I think the the important thing, and one thing that you drive home is that you're not against sugar. It's not like you never can use sugar, but I would like to just and I and I also value that you don't make any nutritional claims um, about you know this because you're not a nutritionist, and I love that you actually say that because it drives me completely bonkers when people, you know make nutrition claims when they're not, you know, they don't have those credentials to do so. So I, I really appreciate your, your awareness there. But as a nutritionist, I just want to bring up that when you use whole fruit, when you use dried fruit to sweeten something, as opposed to added sugar of any kind, because I try to use less refined sugar. So white sugar is the most refined. And then you can use maple syrup and honey, and those are less refined. They might have very trace amounts of minerals in them, but they're basically still considered added sugar when you look at the recipe and they should be used sparingly. Um, but when you use whole foods, it's not added sugar because it's coming in a package. You're getting like a package of fiber, antioxidants, minerals, so you're getting this package and you're getting water in some of the cases, right? You're getting more volume. Um, but what's happening there is you're getting those nutrients. So that's a big reason to do this. If you can, why not, right? And if it works flavor-wise, um, you're getting those nutrients, but also you're getting a slower rise in blood sugar. So because of the fiber, because of the way the inherent sugars are packaged in these foods, you're, get, you're going to have less of a rise in your blood sugar, a more kind of slower incline and not as much of a crash. But I, if you are concerned about blood sugar, if you have diabetes, these are still going to raise your blood sugar. Sweet foods, fruits still raise your blood sugar. It's just going to do it in a more mellow way. So just to be aware of that big picture there, there are benefits, but it's still, you know, it's not like, um, sugar-free kind of thing. So yeah. that's my nutrition spiel. But from your perspective, why, what are the benefits from your perspective? If you're, you know, if you agree with what I just said, if you have something to add or. Well, I agree with what you said, and I'm glad you explained all that stuff. Um, I've obviously, I'm obviously um, nutrition 
curious, but I'm not a nutritionist, nutritionist, but um, yeah, I've of course done research on it and am happy that there are nutritional benefits to baking this way. But for me, I wanted to, I wanted to approach this as let's pretend sugar, white sugar, honey, agave, maple syrup, all those things that we use as sugar that are, that really don't bring anything to the table other than nutritionally, other than sugar. Let's pretend that they just don't exist and see what ingredients are out there that we're ignoring that we could take advantage of. And I just wanted to push that as far as possible. And yeah, I, I discovered along the way uh, ways to use fruits that I was familiar with in new ways, um, fruits and the other ingredients we discussed. I also found ingredients that I never had heard of before or used, um, like dried white mulberries. Um, <laughs> Where do you get, and mulberries are so sweet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My husband forages for mulberries and brings them home and I'll bake them into like a little tart. And one time I added like the normal amount of sugar or honey or whatever. To, and it was so overly sweet that I started baking it with no added sugar at all and just the mulberries themselves. So where do you find ground white mulberries? Yeah, well, that's one thing about um, the sugars that are in fruits. They're actually sweeter than the sugar, than table sugar. Um, so you don't actually need as much of it. But where do I find? The, I first found dried white mulberries in my local health food store, but they are, you know, they're in whole foods. They're in, they're pretty, uh, they're in my grocery store. They're not that hard to find when you, I think most people just aren't looking for them. But when you start, but when you start to notice these ingredients, you'll, you'll find that they're actually a lot easier to find than you might, um, initially think like the like freeze-dried ingredients uh i was at the airport the other day and the you know hudson news at the airport had freeze-dried apples they they have them in target they have them in trader joe's so these aren't super esoteric you just probably have walked many people have probably been just walking by them or maybe you consider them a snack like you also use dried bananas freeze-dried i like how you use the freeze-dried fruits a lot. And, and how do you, and so then you're really taking the moisture out completely and that mm-hmm. applies better to things like pastries and pie crusts and things like that, where you don't yeah, on takes. cookies. So, so tell me how you use these, some examples of how you use these dried fruits, you grind you, these freeze dried fruits, you grind them in a food processor. Yes. The food processor plays yes. a big part in, in many of the recipes in your book. It does. You're, you need a food processor for many of the recipes in the book, but there are there are some that I'm I'm sure there are some that don't require it, but but that um, most people have I think at least in any a mini case, one. I I I highly recommend getting a food processor, even if you don't have this book. Um, let's see. What was the question? Oh, so where do you how how should people how can people use these freeze dried fruits in different applications? Okay, so I have a tart crust, like a shortbread tart crust that I use freeze-dried blueberries in. So the blueberries, the freeze-dried blueberries just 
go into the food processor with all the other dry ingredients and then you blitz them all together until it becomes this like beautiful purple powder and then and then you just proceed as you normally would with a tart crust adding the butter and the egg um it's genius it's such a great idea and in addition to bringing along the um sweetness to the crust it just gives it this beautiful color that's one of the most that was one of the most exciting things for me to using the freeze-dried blueberries is just for the color of it is so awesome i have that in a in a ricotta fig blueberry pound cake also and it makes this like ombre marbly purple swirl through the middle of it and i gorgeous and so that's not only just beautiful for our eyes those colors are actually imparted by antioxidants so that is basically also a nutritional aspect to it. Uh, yeah, color. And, as, and as and as high tech and processy as freeze drying might sound, it actually retains uh, probably more of the. Actually, I don't. I, I won't claim. No, you're more, right. But, I think it it basically concentrates the antioxidant power because it doesn't destroy it. it yeah, the nutrients are are like very minimum minimally uh, affected by the drying process because it's a really quick process that keeps the. Another thing I like about it is it really keeps the shape almost of the fresh fruit. So you that's that's another reason I like the approach of this book to the using fruits in different forms is you actually rather than using cups full of sugar where you're not really thinking of where this comes from when you're handling a handful of dates or and pitting them or you're putting these freeze-dried blueberries into you you're seeing it's very easy to see like these are fruits that I recognize and I and I know that they were grown somewhere by someone and you're seeing the quantity of them that you're putting into things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I think one of the important things here is that you've done this incredible amount of testing. I'm sure. I remember um, one time I was testing these blueberry muffins and I was just trying to use healthier fat and less sugar. And I, and it's one of my classic sort of blueberry muffin recipes now, but I, I was on like my seventh test of this recipe and I was going to get more ingredients. And I ran into a chef friend of mine, a classic chef friend of mine. And he, and I told him, Oh, I'm going back to the store to test these muffins again. And he said, Ellie, just put more fat and sugar in it (laughs) and you'll be fine. And like, that's, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I guess so. But so when you're trying to do something like this, it does take a lot of experimentation. So for people at home who want to incorporate more whole foods to sweeten things, certain things are going to lend themselves to doing that more easily. Again, that, that have more play, like, um, like a smoothie, you know, definitely throw some dates in there or put some banana in like one of these nice creams, as you say, um, that you can quickly whip up. But for more complicated desserts, I think something like your book, which is, I'm going to say the name again, good and sweet. And it is both of those beautiful things. Um, you really, it takes some experimentation. So I, I just developed a, a, um, sweet bread, like a, like a, a sweet potato bread. 
with using just whole dates. And I had to make it several times in order to get the moisture level right, because these ingredients act differently than you're accustomed to. And I think if you're into experimenting and you're that kind of cook, then go for it. Because honestly, even when it's not perfect, it still tastes pretty good. <laughs> and you can make, you can enjoy it on some level. Um, even if it doesn't slice up perfectly, you know, then I'll eat it in a but bowl. Let's, <laughs> but let's make clear that once, once I or you have done all this experimenting like we've done the hard work and the recipes work just as a nor as normal recipes that anyone should be able to follow and there's no there's no big challenge to them completely completely so if you're experimenting on your own expect a challenge yeah. or just use these beautiful recipes that have already been created um so that you don't have to <laughs> a big we part work. of a big part of what i imagine the challenge was with you making this sweet potato bread was the fiber content that comes along with the dates, like along with the sugar, because they're probably about a third fiber, which um, absorbs a lot of moisture from a from a dough recipe. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I, yeah, I had to deal a lot with managing that. And one of the things that I discovered along the way was in using freeze-dried fruits with, which when I first when I first thought of using them, I thought, oh, I'll put, I'll pulverize them into a powder and then they'll work just like sugar would work. Um, and that did not work that way because of all of the fiber in, in the fruit. Um, so it would absorb all the moisture from a recipe and, you know, make things a texture that you wouldn't want it to be. But I, I realized that if I coated the, if I coated the pulverized freeze-dried fruit in a fat, whether it's oil or butter, then that would prevent it. That would kind of waterproof it and prevent it from absorbing all the moisture in a recipe so that it could then act. Um, it could then participate with the other ingredients like, like, a, like a sugar or flour would. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's a really great point. And it's such a fun in a way, chemistry experiment, right? Food yeah. chemistry. So, and and I have to credit Rose Levy Berenbaum who did the who did this in the 80s with her in her cake bible. She pioneered the it's called reverse creaming method and she was doing it to prevent she was coating dry ingredients in butter to prevent uh gluten development and I just applied it to re restricting the uh moisture absorption. Well, she's amazing. And I love her book too, actually. Um, maybe she'll come on the podcast sometime. I, I bump into her in New York a lot. Um, but yeah, she's absolutely, that's great that you credited her with that. I just want to quickly, before we kind of wrap up, just talk about date sugar, as I promised, um, because it is now an ingredient that I keep in my cupboard regularly. And um, so tell us about date sugar and how you use that and what okay. is it? Well, first of all, I... I hate that we have to call it date sugar, but we do because that's how it's sold. But really, I I wish we would. I wish we could call it date powder. I think nut. I think nuts.com calls it date powder, but they're about the only ones. <laughs> but the my point is that it's it's whole dates that are dried and ground, and I think when people hear it, you know, when you when you hear something called a sugar, like coconut sugar, for instance, is it's not a whole fruit that's dried and ground up. It actually is a distilled sugar. Um, and date sugar, on the other hand, is 
basically a ground whole fruit that um, has nutrients other than sugar in it. It's about two thirds sugar, but um, yeah, so you can't use it exactly like you would white sugar. Um, I use it in all kinds of things though, and do the sort of um, do the sort of thing that I was just talking about with the freeze dried fruit, like coating it in fat to prevent the fiber in it from absorbing moisture from a recipe. Um, it's it's a pretty diverse ingredient, but yeah, none of the date sugar nor any other ingredient that I use are like a one to one swap for. There's no easy swap for white sugar. Yeah, because I mean, sugar, it does so many other things. Well, sugar, first of all, it melts in the recipe, whereas date sugar, exactly. date powder <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't melt. So immediately you have to account for that. Um, so you couldn't really use it in drinks or anything too. I mean, to sweeten drinks, I would yeah. go more there's for- date, There's date syrup, but of course that has the- that That's has an the added sugar. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but date sugar is great. And I, you can more, it's a little bit of an easier swap, I find for say brown sugar, but then you need uh, a little more liquid in your, in your recipe. Yeah. The only that when people ask about like swapping, I, the, the best thing I have to an answer is, and I've done this is you can pretty easily swap half of the sugar called for in a recipe out for date sugar. And you can also usually just take out a quarter of the sugar completely. Right. I find. Yeah. I think that's great advice. You swap half and then you still have some of the other properties of sugar. You're not like battling the formula necessarily. Um, But if you want to experiment, go for it. And if you want a sure thing, pick up good and sweet, a new way to bake with naturally sweet ingredients by Brian Levy. It's a beautiful book and everything's so beautifully tested and it's such an innovation. I'm I'm blown away by it. And uh, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add before we wrap up, Brian. Um, can't think of anything. All right, good. Well, then we covered it, and it is a pleasure to have you here. Have a beautiful holiday, and I hope this has inspired some of your holiday uh, baking ideas. Whoever's listening, thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to let fruit do the work of sugar in your desserts. I know I am. Join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.